How y'all doing tonight? Man, you guys are like a little low tonight here, you know? We got uh, Justin and Samantha back in the house tonight. Yeah. Look at them smiling over there. Come on now, man. You guys had a great time? The elephants and the... Did you see my little comment with you sitting at that big white table with all the food? You reminded me of one of my little kids sitting in his high chair, you know? <laughs> he had all that food there. <laughs> like, like you guys had a great time. Welcome back. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about something I believe to be very important and very timely. I've received several phone calls today from different people in this church, and uh, sometimes you can just get caught up in everything going the way you would want them to go, but sometimes life doesn't go the way you want it to go. Yeah, boy, yeah. Woo, tough crowd tonight. But what I want to talk to you tonight about is seeing Christ in everything. Seeing Christ in everything. Everything. God's been working on me the last few weeks, and he said, you know, Paul, I want you to start sharing your story from the pulpit when I give you the opportunity to speak. And I don't usually do that, you know, because obviously other people are involved in my story, right? And as a pastor, sometimes the story is about the church, and I, you know, I got to be careful about that too, right, Pastor Barb? You can't share everything. Praise the Lord. But as I receive these phone calls today and these messages today, I just really, it, it really weighed heavy on my heart. I was like, all right, God, I'm going to share from my heart tonight. I'm going to give you some scriptures, but I want you to know that no matter what you're facing in your life today, just close your eyes for a second. Think about what you're facing in your life today. Do you see Christ in it? And that's a yes or no uh, question. But do you see Christ in what you're dealing with today? Open your eyes. I promise no matter what you're facing right here, right now, in five years from now, it won't even matter. Unless... Unless you see Christ in it. And I'm going to talk to you tonight because it's imperative that we see Christ in everything. Because if you're depending on your own strength to get you from point A to point B, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. You, you could work all the hours in, in the world, you could accumulate all the things you'd ever want. But I'm here to tell you, naked, you came into this world naked, you're going to leave. I promise you that. But what you will leave this life with are the things that you did in accordance with the will of God. These are eternal things that you'll show up before God someday, and he'll look at you and he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You saw Christ in everything. And you know in your own heart that that's what brought you from where you were to where I called you to be. It's so challenging sometimes to see ourselves 
in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I'm just talking about like living in the fullness of who you are in Jesus Christ. And I get that. There's, there's challenges. Pastor Barb did an incredible message about the valleys and the mountains and all these other things, you know. The beautiful thing about the valley is that's where all the green stuff grows. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So even though you're down there, that means that you've got everything you need to survive. You got the water, you got the green stuff, you'll be okay. But, you know, sometimes when all you can see is the mountain ahead and you think, my goodness, you know, I just came off of this mountain over here and now I'm down here and now God's calling me up to climb this mountain again. The beautiful thing about climbing a new mountain is you get a new perspective on life. What you could see on the top of this mountain that you just climbed and conquered helped you see things better. But the moment you climb to this next mountain that's in front of you, you're going to see even more. And the beautiful thing about climbing these mountains, and I'm, you know, being a little archetype-ish tonight, but uh, the beautiful thing about accomplishing things, not in your own strength, but in the strength of Christ, seeing Christ in it, whatever it is, the beautiful thing is, is if you drink of those waters, you're never going to thirst in that area of your life ever again, ever Ever, you, you'll see everything different. You, you'll say, my God, it's no longer I who lives, it's the Christ that lives within me. It's like really something so supernatural has taken over my life and over the course of my life that I'll never, ever be the same again. And that thing that happened five years ago, thank God I saw Christ in it, and he led me to that next place where I could see things that I couldn't see without that obstacle in my life, without overcoming the way God wanted me to overcome. Galatians 2.20 says, my old self. Everybody say, my old self. Oh, man, you guys are tired tonight. Praise the Lord. I'll get you into this yet. But my old self has been crucified with Christ. My old self is gone. Uh, Listen, I don't care how good my old self was or how bad my old self was or, or how indifferent my old self was. That old self has been crucified with Christ, and I see Christ in it. It's no longer I who live, but the Christ who lives inside of me. So I live in this earthly body, hear this, by trusting in the Son of God. I live this earthly life completely by my trust in Jesus Christ, seeing Christ in everything, who loved me, and gave himself for me. Christ gave himself for you. For what? So you could see everything through the finished works of Jesus Christ. No longer living as my old self, even two seconds ago, two years ago, two decades ago. No longer that. Praise the Lord. This is my moment in Christ. My future is 100% dependent, the the results of my future, 100%, I mean, how I'm going to think about it and feel about it, my future is dependent on that. I need to empower faith when? Now. 
Well, what is faith? Well, faith is a supernatural expression that if I can ask God for anything in the name of Christ, right? Seeing Christ in everything. If I can ask in his name, he will do it. Now, the word of God says that. And I want to I help elevate everybody in this room to accept that the way you've accepted if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, you will be saved. Everybody in here believes that, right? Like, you, you, you're like, I believe that. But I want you to believe what I'm talking about tonight the same way you believe that. If, if, if your eternity is wrapped up in the finished work of Christ that if I just confess him with my mouth and believe in my heart that he is the Son of God, I will be saved for eternity. That also applies to this life that you're living right now. It applies right now. Faith is now. Faith isn't now in the future. Faith is now. I'm either in faith and pleasing God or I'm not. And I know every Christian wants to be pleasing to God. That's why we come to church. That's why we give of our offerings. That's why we clap our hands and raise our hands. And we worship Him. And we do all these expressions. And we do all these good works and all of these kinds of things. But it, what it all comes down to is, is my yes going to be yes and my no going to be no? Because in that moment, on your best day, your worst day, and on every day in between, who is God then? He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, he, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's, he's for you in every possible way. And he, listen, he's not concerned as much as he has empowered. And there's a difference there. It's like, listen, I have endued you with power. I have given, I have made you in the image and likeness of me. And I want you to bear good fruit. Jesus said the only, people, the only way you'll know my people is by their, their fruit. So you want to be a fruit producer. And if you're not a fruit producer, you want to become a fruit producer. But when we begin to speak things into existence, I want you to realize that you're using breath to do that. And you're breathing life into whatever you're saying, whatever it is. And I'm here as a messenger of God tonight to cause you to start seeing Christ in it all. In, in, in every single thing. That Listen, if it's God's will or not, listen, I see Christ in it, not for my harm, but only for my good. And, and my good is a lot greater than my current results, no matter how good they are, no matter how great they are, no matter if you're on cloud nine or, you know, you're walking down in the valley today. I'm telling you today that if you'll start to make the choice to see Christ in it all, in it all, and say, oh, I am no longer my own. I, 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 am, I am set apart. I, I am a, a king and a priest in my home. Meaning, whatever is going to happen in your home, man, you are the ruler of that thing. 
you, you will allow or disallow whatever it is to come into that household. And you can make better choices. Can you make better choices? Can you see Christ in it all? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Colossians 3, 2 through 4. Since you have been raised to new life with, with Christ. Since you, you have been raised, elevated, promoted, adopted, the child of, seated at the right hand of the Father. On and on I could go. Able to come boldly before the throne of grace. All of that. You have been elevated to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, not of here. Set, the, it's the, if you want to be operating from fact, then set your sights on the realities of heaven. Where Christ is at rest, or seated, or resting in his finished work, in the place of honor at God's, not his left hand, at his right hand. His right hand is his hand of power. Okay? I'm left-handed, so I don't get that entirely, but praise the Lord, I will when I get to heaven. It says, think about the things of heaven. See Christ in everything where he is seated. See Christ in every possible thing. Think about things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to that life. Again, five seconds ago, I'm dead to that, man. Praise the Lord, I'm moving forward. And your, everybody hear this, your real life, your real life is hidden with Christ. In God. And when Christ, who is your life, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, meaning it's not just you in this experience anymore, it's like they're part of this experience now as well. But when that's revealed to the whole world, you will share. In all, not some, and when I think of the glory of God, I don't even know how you could stand under the presence of God. But you will share in all of his glory. This is where you can start to see Christ in everything. That no matter what I'm facing, man, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this thing but I know that my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above the things I can ask or think. And so to simplify everything in my world right now, because it's gotten very complicated, very convoluted, very uh, unsecure, let's call that, I'm going to simplify everything by seeing Christ in it all. 
I'm not going to be resistant to God's will in my life because, listen, your problems are not God's will for your life. I've heard so many people, yeah, you know, they're sick or whatever, you know, could I pray for you? Well, you know, if it's God's will, then, you know, he'll be healed. But if it's not, then he won't. <laughs> I'm, you know, like, I don't even want to pray for you anymore. Uh, wow. Uh, you just disqualified God. And, you know, like, he's going to pick and choose who he wants to work with and who he doesn't. Um, there has to be a place where you just declare who you are. And, and it... it it, it just, none of the circumstances that you're calling real are the, as real as the heavenly real life of, of what you're being called to. And so the more you can be called to that, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, your flesh is going to throw a stinking fit. People around you are going to throw a stinking fit. What are you doing? Well, how come you're doing it that way? Well, well, wait a second here. You know, have you really thought this through? Have you really prayed this through? Have you know? Are you crazy? Have you lost your ever loving mind? Yes, I think I finally have. Uh, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Finally, I'm liberated to be who God's called me to be. There are two words in your life that whatever you add to the two words are going to direct the rest of the course of your life. Anybody want to know what those two words are? Nobody. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to move on. <laughs> Praise God. Those two words are I am. I am sick. I am poor. I am frustrated. Make a list. But there's also the answer to all of that. These are key words in your life. And I promise you, 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 you use the words I am probably 150 times a day. Maybe more. Maybe a thousand times a day. I am, I am, I am. I'm going to the grocery store. I am this, I am that. I'm, you, know. You, you know what I'm talking about? But the words that you associate with those two words are going to direct the course of your life. What you're going to be expressive of through your words and your actions to display something that you likely wouldn't wish upon your worst enemy. I'm here to tell you, whatever those words are, thank God you're dead to them because they're not now. <laughs> praise, praise God. I, I could have said it five minutes ago, but I am dead to that. And I'm going to begin to speak words of life over my life. And I am, I, I'm not going to get confused by what I'm telling myself is real in this world when God is telling me what's really real is in the heavenly realm and where he's leading us to be with him. So powerful, powerful dynamics to see and witness everything in your life 
with Christ in the center. Center. Every time you start to say, I am negative, 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 you stop that. Praise God, you can control your own tongue. Bible says that the power of the tongue is either going to lead you to death or is going to lead you to life. That, that's what the tongue will do. So you, you, you stop that and you disassociate yourself with that. You put that under the blood of Jesus and you reframe, rephrase everything that you are going to aspire to become and you don't say it thinking, I hope it will happen. Praise God, it's happening. It's happening in my life. I'm not just saying it for the sake of saying it. I'm saying it because of the promises of God. They're yes and amen to those who believe and call according to his heavenly purpose. And you know what? I don't, I don't see God's purpose. Maybe you don't see God's purpose right now. Maybe you don't see Christ in it right now. But you can. You can. And it's what will make all the difference in your life. I'm going to share some stories with you. Because there's, I tell you, you're looking at a, a guy who's just flesh and bone standing right here. <laughs> I, I've never, you know, I'm no different than anybody in this room. Praise God. I, I, just, I just keep doing what's in front of me to do, and, and I expect God to do more and more and more and more and more. Okay? But I'm telling you, I have reached the bottom of my barrel many, many, many times. I have lost my way many, 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 many times. And I would predict that I'll continue to lose my way in the future. Because I am flesh and blood. But no matter what I will face, no matter what situation I can find myself in, I can see Christ in it. And it's my only way of escape. I, I, I could just go live a regular life and just say, you know, I, the kingdom life, I, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, it's, it's just, you know, whatever. And I, I could just go live a regular life. I could just come to church, you know, Pastor Barb, maybe three, four times a year. Praise the Lord. I'll check in with you. I'll be friends with you on Facebook. You know, we'll have a good time. Praise God. And, you know, who knows, maybe we could go out sometime, you know, Jennifer and I and you. And we'll have a lovely time. Just live a worldly life. Love God. Lo love all that. But really have never entered into what I'm talking about tonight. Seeing Christ in it all, in everything. There, there was uh, a time in the Beloit Church. And, uh, you know, I, I was... I was on top of the world. Pastor Barb, you remember the success I had in, in Wisconsin? And I thought, wow, this, this is fantastic. This, this, this is just great. And many examples of how I got there, many miracles. You know, there was a woman that went to our church that was in prayer, and she called me and hired me away from my job to go work at the other job which then they turned me into running the whole thing. I was 20, how old was I, Mike? I don't know, maybe in my, my 20s, right? So late 20s maybe, and running a very large facility. And I had no idea how that could happen other than I remember God telling me to write down exactly 
what, why I was there, and I hadn't met with the owner of this place yet. And I, I just I was obedient. I just wrote it all down. And then he started to talk. We had this meeting for this interview, and he started to talk. And he was reading everything in my letter. And I listened to him for about 20 minutes, and I said, uh, I, I don't know you, sir, but I'd like to hand you this, and, and I think you should read it. Like three pages long. He starts reading the thing, and he goes, when can you start? I'm just telling you, no matter what you're facing, God's in it. Christ is in it. you, you got to see him in it, and he is. So anyway, I career progresses and so on and so forth, and uh, end up, I mean, helping. There was a man that was coming to our church. He was really struggling in his business, and uh, I... I just knew that that's where I, I should go. And so I kept telling him that. And he says, well, you know, I don't know. 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 Kept pushing me off. Finally, he says, you know what? Show up on Monday. Never offered me money. Never told me anything. He said, show up on Monday. I showed up at that job that Monday. Started fixing things immediately in his company. Helped him grow that company to, I mean, an incredible, incredible company. Grew into this massive facility. Uh, I mean, they, they were paying debts off. I mean, all kinds of things. Money was flowing in. In fact, they became the number one givers in our church. I mean, really launched Faith Builders Church of, of Arizona, quite frankly. I mean, that, without that, and, and you, know, you think, gosh, you know, what if I would have just lived the earthly life? We're just giving up. So, oh, the guy doesn't want to hire me and, you know, woes me. And so I'll just go another way and, you know, I'll just do something else. What would have happened? I have no idea, Pastor Barb. I have no idea. The finances that were coming in as a result of the works that God had me involved in, I mean, built this church. I, I wouldn't say built it, created the opportunity for it to occur. In, in just the perfect timing. I mean, you couldn't have, I didn't know what Bishop was thinking. I had no idea we were going to move to Arizona or we we're going to start a church. I had none of that in mind. I just knew what God called me to do. And you know what God's calling you to do. You do. You know, yes, you do. Oh, no, I do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know what God's calling you to do. And so on and on the story goes. I end up losing that job. And I'll tell you, this individual became ruthless. Ruthless. And nobody believed me when I exposed it. My mentor in Beloit, Pastor Barb, sat down with him and I explained to him, he said, oh, Brother Paul, you know, I, I, I don't know about that. I said, I'm telling you, this is what's happening. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Well, you know, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It'll all be okay. And I, I tell you, what, huh, I, I don't know how to say it other than this, but when, when the people that believe in you the most don't believe in you anymore, watch what comes out your mouth. Watch out. I had no job anymore. My ties to my mentor, the man that I love that raised me, and you know Pastor Norm. 
I'm like, wow, you know, like I know what's happening. <laughs> Nobody cares or believes. And I'm telling you, it was just me and God at that point. Just, just me and God. I have no job. Uh, I don't feel like the church is understanding what's going on. It almost felt like I was the person that was causing the trouble rather than the person who's causing the trouble. Okay? And I I just, I kept my mouth shut. I, I worked on my house every day. I, I, I applied at every job I could possibly apply at. Never got any of them. Never even got phone calls. Not one phone call. And all of a sudden, two brothers from the church, two of them, came over to my house, and they, they said, uh, God told us to come over here and help you. I said, I do not need your help. I do not need your help. Well, we're not leaving. And I said, I'm telling you, you're, you're really catching me at a bad time. Basketball can be lovely most of the time, but praise the Lord, don't catch me at a bad day. I said, we're not leaving. And I'll tell you, those guys ministered more to me in that moment of time. I, I could not even begin to tell you what that did inside of me. And all I was doing is praying in tongues all day long because I had nothing good to say. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, but I'm telling you, I had nothing good to say. I decide that I'm going to come out to Phoenix and find out what's happening. I hadn't heard from God either. He, he had hung up the phone a long time ago. Just giving me no choices, none. I came out here, I came over to Mike and Denise's house. They had me stay at their home, picked me up, treated me like a king. And I opened my Bible. I, I went right from them bringing me to their place, right into the bedroom that they had for me, and I immediately opened my Bible, and I'll never forget this. This is the waters that you'll drink, that you'll never thirst again, ever. Lift your eyes to the mountains. Where does your strength come from? The maker of heaven and earth. And I am surrounded by mountains. There's no mountains in Wisconsin. None. And all I saw when I got here was mountains. And I'll tell you, God grabbed a hold of me in that moment. I said, praise God, I am moving here. Like, wow, I'm finally hearing the voice of God. I went on interview after interview after interview, drove all over this whole town. Before all the highways were even connected, you had to go on little roads to get to other places and all kinds of things. And I'll never forget the day before I was supposed to leave to go back to Wisconsin, I walked into this interview, and I'm telling you, the Spirit of God told me this is, this is where you're going to work. And I said, whoa, wow, you know, I just know God. And uh, I'll tell you, long story short, there was no opportunity for me to get that job. Zero. Zero. One of the men I had to interview with hated me with a passion. The guy that I left back in Wisconsin hated me with a passion. A passion. Because he didn't like being called out on the carpet, and I called him straight out on the carpet. I called all of his guys, too, that he was hotboxing and calling, and I said, you better get away from this man. See, I'm, 
I'm not going to pussyfoot around when the devil's got his foot on my neck. I'm just not going to do it. I end up getting that job. But here's the better story. I called my wife and I said, we are definitely moving. This, I'm going to get this job and I'm going to be flying home tomorrow. I said, get the house ready for sale. I called the realtor and I said, here's what I want for my house. She said, you'll never get that in this market. I said, I don't need you. I told her straight up, I don't need you. I put a sign in my front yard, went to, to, to Staples and picked up a contract and had it ready to go, all by faith. And I'm telling you, I sold and still didn't have a job offer. A couple weeks passed, get the house ready, opened house, and I'm telling you, the first family that walked through that door made a full price offer on that house, and the woman is bawling her eyes out in my kitchen. I can't hardly get through the story. Bawling her eyes out in my kitchen. And I said, are you okay? And she said, you don't understand. I, I'm sitting there going, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I'm about to snap at any moment. And she said, we moved here two and a half years ago. And my husband and I drove past your house. And I told my husband, if that house ever comes up for sale, we're going to buy that house. They almost bought the house across the street from me two weeks before and the deal fell through. We signed this deal. I don't even know what I'm doing. I got a little check in my hand and going, well, the deal fell through across this. You know how your mind's going to start to go. Well, the other deal fell through, you know. And I'm not kidding you. That No sooner did that door click on their way out, that phone rang. And I picked up that phone, and it was Banner on that phone and saying, we are calling you to make you the offer that you wanted. And we knew we couldn't get you the money that you wanted, but praise God, we got the money. And we need you here in two weeks. This story goes on and on and on, guys. I can't make this stuff up. But I can tell you this. Hadn't I chosen to see Christ... None of that would have ever happened. I mean, not one thing. This story goes on. I move here, and the CEO of the hospital calls me. And he says, hey, I, how you doing? You, you're getting, you know, set up? I say, yeah, you know, I'm staying with some friends, and, you know, I got a rental car, and you know. And, and he's like, hey, tell me what it's going to cost you to move here. So I send him an email that day thinking, you know, I'm going to rent a U-Haul truck. I'm going to take, you know, a week and a half off and truck all my stuff across the country. And on and on he goes. So I send him this email. He says, no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> Call HR. Have them give you the name of the moving company, and I want to know every expense you have. So I, 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 I put all this together. It's like $6,500. Do you know that he had a check on my desk that day for $10,000? I never even asked for it. Never even asked for it. The house that we bought, the, you just, it, there's no way all this daisy chains together. The house that we bought, the day, it kept getting delayed. You ever bought a house, praise God, and it's not a done house, so, you know, the timing could just be just about any day. 
I got stuff in a truck on the way down here. And I went over to the guy, and, and he says, hey, no, we got the date. It's December 5th. I said, you got to be kidding me. December 5th? Do you know that my anniversary is on December 5th? There were so many details associated with that. And these details have continued to happen in Jennifer and I's lives. So many milestones where we had to see Christ in order for it to happen. We had to see Christ. I can remember in prayer, we were over on the west side, and I remember I was in prayer one day, and God said, you're going to be a pastor. I mean, it was like God standing here and telling me. And so I mustered up the courage to call Bishop. And I said, uh, hey, could I just meet with you privately for just a few minutes? He said, actually, I was going to call you. I said, oh, okay, cool. I hope I'm not in trouble. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So I come in that morning, and I sit down with him, and I tell him what God tells me, and he says, that's exactly what God told me. And he told him on the same day as he told me. Same day. This church... This location, when, when 2009 hit and all y'all lost your jobs or, you know, you went through the financial crisis, I'll tell you, I was going through my own financial crisis. If I told you how much money we lost, it would make you blush. The church is struggling because we depend on tithes and offerings and of course we understand you know you can't squeeze blood out of a turnip but we who called the prayer meetings over at your place mike you did mike elder mike called the prayer meetings and uh, we had all the pastors and all the elders male uh, go to mike's house every monday night every oh every thursday night every single thursday night because we were, we were going to see Christ in this thing. And I'll tell you, in those prayer meetings, there was so much of an anointing there. We were prophesying over each other what one was thinking about, the other was thinking about, and we're sharing all this stuff. It was just an incredible time. However, <laughs> however, uh, the banker was not a happy camper. And they hired a very vicious, nasty attorney that attacked your bishop and attacked me personally. Not not just coming for this stuff. They wanted our stuff too. And I, you know, we just said, do do what you're gonna do. I I, I don't know what to tell you. Come come get it. It's two thousand nine and nobody has anything anyway. <laughs> come get it. But we're praying and praying and praying. I get a phone call from a guy who was an attorney that's no longer an attorney. He got disbarred, and somehow he worked his way back into this company, and they were going to help restore him back to getting his his bars again. And he says, hey, you know, could I just have lunch with you? I said, sure, yeah, no, let's have lunch. So we went, we had lunch, and uh, he says, 
tell me what's going on. You know, like, why aren't you paying your bills? You know, and I said, we've told them we don't have the money. We don't have this. We don't have that. And all they want is for us to keep making these payments. And we're not going to make the payments. And some of you out here are going, oh, my gosh, you're not going to make the pay. Listen, we don't need a building to have a church, okay? No, we just need to see Christ in it. <laughs> and so he's shocked. He's like, well, that's not what they're telling me down at the law office and this and that. I said, I don't know what they're telling you, but I'm telling you is God's honest truth. This is exactly what we've offered them. This is exactly what we're willing to do. And if they're willing to go the distance, let's do it. We get a phone call. I get a phone call. He says, will you meet with the bank and a mediator and their attorney? I said, I don't know. Let me ask the board. And we're praying still. We're praying every, every Thursday. Every, some of these meetings would go on for over two hours. And we're just praying, praying, praying. So we meet, and Bishop agrees, all right, let's, let's go do it. We have a lease in our hands to move out of this building. I'm telling you, it was in our hands. We show up to this meeting, and I'm telling you, you can you can call me a liar all you want. I was there. He was there. He was. Were you there, Elder? You weren't there. Your brother was there. And I, I, this is the God's honest truth. So we get to this meeting area, and we walk in. And of course, everybody's being nice in the beginning and shaking each other's hands, and you know we're just getting to know each other. And you know the, that mean, nasty attorney standing there. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm just, we're already geared up to leave. I mean, that's just what we're going to do. You want to hear the rest of the story? I, God, God is my witness. This happened. So we are all sitting there at the table, and we get done with our cordial whatevers, and the attorney, remember this, Paul? The attorney looks at us and he says, I want all of you to forgive me. What the heck is going on here? You're just thinking, like, is this guy for real? And, and we all say, oh, no, no, no. We're all kind of like this. Everybody's like, oh, no, 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 no worries. No. He goes, no, you don't understand. I want each of you to forgive. And he made us go all the way around that table. And he started to cry. He was telling us about what his wife, remember his wife had given him a word from God that says what you are doing to these people is wrong? She had a whole scripture verse and the whole thing. And I mean, on and on this guy was going. And you looked at that banker sitting there. And he was three sheets of red. He had no idea this was going to happen. No idea. We had no idea. And I'm telling you the truth. We went at it all day, didn't we, with them? Back and forth. Oh, we're not giving an inch. Oh, no, you're not going to get it. Blah, blah, blah. The guys end up having to delay their flight. Remember, they had to go and they had to delay their flight. And we're getting to the midnight hour on the delay after the delay. And he walked in there, and he says, here's what we're prepared to do. Bing, bang, boom. It was exactly what we asked for. <laughs> and it was funny because all the pastors and elders were there, and I reached my hand out, and I shook his hand on the deal right there. I didn't even wait for Bishop or anybody else. I thought, my God, I forget what the number is now. $1.2 million 
wiped away. Wiped away. To this date, our banker is our number one giver in this ministry. If God will do it for me or Bishop or any one of us, he'll do it for you. But the only way he's going to do it is when you see Christ in it. You want me to share one more story? One more. Go ahead. Yes. Tail end. Just the tail end of that story. Uh, Years later now, last year, we had our uh, property appraised, and we are in over a million dollars of equity in this property today. So God held us captives here because of what he was doing. So, Listen, there's no end to this story. There's no end. You think it's great here? Wait till we get there. Yeah, just wait. One more story. I'm... We're, we're coming out of this, we're in the middle of the recession. I'm going to school full time, and we got completely out of debt in the worst of times. I, that happened for us out of, I mean, a lot of prayer, and I don't just mean panty waist, you know, praise you Jesus kind of prayers. I, I mean, I was praying. God gave me one scripture. He says, you owe no man anything but to love them, and they owe you nothing but to love you back. It liberated me. It liberated me. And I immediately, I mean, it, it was incredible to see how fast it happened. I remember pulling out of my safe a stack of $100 bills and going, I cannot believe that has happened. Out of that... This has happened. I, I started getting like, like God was birthing something new in me about that time. And I started asking God. I, I wrote down exactly what I wanted. I, I just literally wrote it right down. I get a phone call from Michael Ellison. Actually, somebody that works for Michael Ellison, my boss. And he, call, he calls and he says, hey, I want you to come over and I want you to do this. And so I came over and I did it. Long story short, the person who's running the operation is leaving after I get there. And we'd already talked about my experience. And literally opens Pandora's box. The vision that God had given to me for integrative medicine is now alive, and it is well. And I'm telling you, I remember, I remember, listen to this. I remember taking all my old stuff. You know how you accumulate stuff when you have a career? I took all my stuff one day before the phone call even happened. I, t- I, remember, I remember doing it. I put it all in a bunch of boxes, and I walked outside, and it was mostly papers and so on and so on. I put them in the recycle bin. I slammed the thing, and I said, I am moving on to the rest of my life. And I'm telling you, it was within weeks after me doing that that God opened that door. And do you know that this man that I work for, I mean, he put every big name you could name, all of them, out in media, and you'd never know who he is. 
Do you know that he was the one that found Kenneth Copeland out in a little church all by himself, just doing his own little thing, found that man and invested in him and brought him up to be one of the greatest patriarchs you will ever meet in your life? Do you know that that man reached my life? Do you know that's how I came to Jesus Christ? And when I came into the presence of him, I'll never forget this. I came in and I met him after, I met Michael maybe, maybe a month after I'd been there. And I walked in, and he said, he looked it straight at me, and he said, did God send you here? And I said, yes, he did. And I have never felt this feeling in my life before. It was like he knitted our hearts together. I could feel it in my chest. This incredible, I mean, it was, I can't even express to you. And I'm telling you, I got story upon story upon story about how God continues to use me because I'm usable and because I see everything I see with Christ. Bow your heads this evening. Bow your heads. This is the most serious part of this entire service. I tell you, some of you have claimed to know Christ, but I'm telling you, I want to introduce you to the one, the only, I mean the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the only one that you're ever going to need to do whatever it is that God has for your life to do. I want to introduce you to him tonight. One moment of God's favor, change your whole life forever. Change the course of your whole life forever. You know that still small voice. You know what God is calling you to. Deeper walk with Him. A supernatural walk with Him. Say this prayer together with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, Come live inside of me. May I see Jesus in everything from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer tonight, you're coming back to Christ or you're giving your life to Christ for the first time, slip up your hand tonight. One hand, two hands, three hands. Hallelujah. Four. Hallelujah. Five. Six. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're not giving anything away. You're bringing things into your life. Go ahead and open your eyes. I went a little bit over. Wanted to make sure you guys got enough tonight. Whatever it is, see Christ in it. Amen. Bring somebody to church on Sunday. I'm telling you, this church is on fire. You've you got to get people here and give God a chance to move on their lives. So we'll see you all on Sunday. God bless you all. If you need any other further prayer, we'll be up here t- uh, as well. If you gave your life to Christ, we'll have some people up here as well uh, to, to pray with you. So God bless you all. We'll see you on Sunday.